Chasing Rainbows. The American Constitution contains a very stupid idea. It says that the pursuit of happiness is man's birthright. The people who wore, the people who wore, the people who wrote this Constitution had no idea what they were writing. If the pursuit of happiness is the birthright of mankind, then what about unhappiness? Those birthright is unhappiness. Whose birthright is unhappiness? These people were not at all aware that if you ask for happiness, you have asked for unhappiness at the same time. Whether you know it or not does not matter. I call it stupid because nobody can be in pursuit of happiness, and if you are in pursuit of happiness, one thing is certain: you are not going to get it. Happiness is always a byproduct; it is not the result of a direct pursuit. It happens when you are not even thinking of it. What to say of what to say of pursuit? It happened suddenly, out of nowhere. You were doing something totally different. You may be chopping woods. You may be chopping wood. Certainly, it is not the pursuit of happiness, chopping wood. But in the early morning, sun. But in the early morning sun, when it is still cool, the noise of your axe falling on the wood, pieces of wood being thrown all around, making a noise, and then leaving a silence behind. You start perspiring, and the cool breeze makes you feel even cooler than before. Suddenly, there is happiness, a joy, uncontainable. But you are simply chopping wood, and chopping wood is not mentioned as the birthright in the Constitution, because then, how many things are you going to include? I cannot forget one day. There are a few things that make no logical sense and have no relevance, but somehow remain hanging in your memory. You cannot understand for what reason they are there, because millions of things have happened for more important, far more significant, and they have all disappeared. But a few significant. But a few insignificant things have left a trace behind. You cannot find my reason why. You can't find any reason why, but they have remained. One such thing I remember: I was coming home from school. My school was almost a mile away from my home, just half away. There was a huge. Bow tree. I passed that bow tree every day, at least four times, going to school, then in the middle of the day coming home for lunch, then going to school again, 
than coming back home. So many thousands of times I had passed that tree, but one day something happened. It was a hot day, and as I came close to the tree, I was surprised. I was perspiring. I passed under the tree, and it was so cool that without having any deliberate thought, I stopped for a while, not knowing why. I simply went close to the tree trunk, sat there, and fell the tree trunk. I cannot explain what happened, but I felt so immensely happy. As if something was transpir, as if something was transpiring, as if something was transpiring between me and the tree, the coolness could not be the cause, because many times when I had been perspiring, I had passed through the coolness of the tree. I had also stopped before. But never before had I gone and touched the tree, and sat there as if meeting an old friend. That moment has re- remained shining like a star. That moment has remained shining like a star. So much has happened in my life, but I don't see the moment. I don't see that moment. Diminishing in any way, it is still there. Whenever I look back, it is still there. That day, I was not clearly aware what had happened, nor can I say today. But something happened, and from that day, I had a certain relatedness with the tree which I had not felt before, even with any human being. I became more intimate. I became more intimate with that tree than with anybody else in the whole world. It became a routine for me. Whenever I passed the tree, I would sit for a few seconds or a few minutes and just feel the tree. I can still see it. Something went on, growing between us. The day I left school and moved to another city to enter the university, I took leave of my father, of my mother, of my uncle, and my whole family without weeping. I was never the type who easily cries or sleeps, but on that same day, taking leave of the bow tree, I wept. I remained a very lighted spot, and when I was crying, I had an absolute certainty that there were tears in the eyes of the tree too. Although I could not see the eyes of the tree, and I could not see the tears, but I could feel. When I touched the tree, I could feel the sadness. And I could feel a blessing, a goodbye. And it was suddenly my last meeting because when I came back after one year, for some stupid reason, 
the tree had been cut down and removed. The stupid reason was that they were making a small memorial pillar, and that was the most beautiful spot in the middle of the city. It was for an idiot who was rich enough to win all the elections and become the president of the municipal committee. He had been president for at least 35 years, the longest time anybody had been president in the town. Everybody was happy with his presidency because he was such an idiot. You could do anything and he was not going to create any interference. You could build your house in the middle of the street. He would not bother you. You just had to vote for him. So the whole town was happy with him because everybody had such freedom. The municipal committee, the members, the clerks, and the head clerks all were happy with him. Everybody wanted him to remain eternally the president. But even idiot have to die. Fortunately, but his death was unfortunate because they looked for a place to make a memorial for him and they destroyed the bow tree. Now, his marble stone stands there instead of a living tree. The pursuit of happiness is an impossible thing. If you look at if you look at your own experience and find moments when you are happy, which are bound to be very rare, perhaps in a life of 70 years, you may have seven months, which you can claim as moment of happiness. But if you had even a single moment of happiness, one thing is certain without any exception. It happened when you were not looking for it. Try to look for happiness and you are certain to miss it. I disagree with Jesus Christ on many points, even on points that look very innocent. And it looks as if I'm being unkind. Jesus says, Seek, and you shall find. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Knock and the doors shall be open unto you. I cannot agree. The fools who wrote the American Constitution were certainly influenced by Jesus Christ. Of course, they were all Christians. When they say the pursuit of happiness, they must have consciously or unconsciously had in mind the state of a statement of Jesus. Seek and you shall find. But I say to you, seek, and he is certain you shall never find it. Seek not, and it is there. Just stop seeking, and you have found it. Because seeking means an effort of the mind. And non-seeker means a state of relaxation. And happiness is possible only when you are relaxed. A seeker is not relaxed.
How can, be, how can he be relaxed? He cannot afford relaxation. You will be surprised if you look around in the world, you will find people in very, in a, in very poor countries more contented than those in rich ones. Yes, in, yes, even in utopia, where they are dying of starvation, you will find people who are dying but who are not suffering or in anguish. The greatest number of unhappy people you will find in America. This is strange. In America, the pursuit of happiness is a birthright. It is not mentioned in any other constitution in the world. This American constitution is absolutely insane. Pursuit of happiness? Nobody has ever succeeded in it, and those who have tried have become very unhappy and miserable in their lives. Happiness happens. Perhaps that's why you call it happiness. Because it happens. You cannot manage it. You cannot manufacture it. You cannot arrange it. Happiness is something that is beyond your effort, beyond you. But just by digging a hole in your garden, if you are totally absorbed in it, it if the whole world is forgotten, including you, it is there. Happiness is always with you. It has nothing to do with weather. It has nothing to do with chopping wood. It has nothing to do with digging a hole in the garden. Happiness has nothing to do with anything. It is just non it is just the non expectant, relaxed at ease state of your being with existence. And it is there. It does not come and go. It is always there. Just like your breathing, your breath, your heartbeat, the blood circulation in your body. Happiness is always there. But if you seek it, you will find unhappiness. By seeking, you will miss happiness. That's what unhappiness is. Missing happiness. Unhappiness has a certain relationship with pursuit, a partnership. If you pursue, you will find unhappiness. And the American Constitution has given the idea to all the American people that they should pursue. And they are pursuing desperately for money, power, religion, and they are running all over the world looking for somebody to teach them how to find happiness. The, things to, the thing to do is to just come back home and forget all about it. Do something that has nothing to do with happiness. Paint. You need not learn painting. Can't you throw color on a canvas? Any child can do it. Just throw colors on a canvas. And you may be surprised. You are not a painter, but something beautiful happens. Just the colors themselves have become mixed in a certain way, 
and have created something you cannot name. Modern paintings are without titles, and many paintings are even without frames because existence has no frame. You look from your window, you see the sky framed, but the frame exists in the window, not in the sky. The sky has no frame. So there are, there are painters. So there are painters who don't even paint on a canvas. They paint on the walks, on the floors, on the flo on the floors, on the ceilings, strange places. But I can see their insight. They are not interested in making a painting. They are more interested in getting involved in the very act of painting. It is not so. It is not for sale. How can you sell your sailing? And who is going to buy it? But while they are so absorbed, from some unknown corner, something starts slipping into their being. They start feeling jealous for no reason at all. That's why I condemn the idea of pursuit. About whoever wrote this word pursuit into the Constitution, I can say without knowing his name, without knowing anything about him, that he must have been an utterly miserable man. He had never known happiness, he had been pursuing it. Hence, he tried to give every American. The same birthright that he had claimed for himself, and nobody has criticized it in their hundred years. In three hundred, nobody has criticized it in three hundred years. Such a simple thing. A poet, a painter, a singer, a dancer, yes, once in a while attain happiness, but one thing is always part of it. Whenever happiness comes, they are not there. The pursuer is not there. The pursuit is not there. Nijinsky, one of the most significant dancers in the world, in the, is in the whole history, as far as I am concerned. He is the best dancer humanity, humanity has ever produced. He was a miracle when he danced. Once in a while, he would take such a big leap that it defies gravity. It was not possible scientifically, it was impossible. Such a huge high leap was absolutely impossible according to the laws of gravity. Even the people who compete in the Olympic long jump are nothing compared to Nijinsky when he used to jump. And even more miraculous was his coming back down. He came back like a feather slowly. That went even more against the laws, laws of gravity because gravity would pull the weight of a human body suddenly, quickly. You would fall with a thumbs. You might even get a few fractures. But he used to come down just the way a 
the dead leaf falls from the tree. Slowly, lazily, in no hurry, because there is nowhere to reach, or even better, feather like because of because a half comes down a little faster. The feather of a bird is lightweight, very lightweight. It comes down dancing. In that same way, Nijinsky used to come back down. There was not even a sound when he landed on the stage. He was asked again and asked. He was asked again and again, How do you do it? He said, I don't do it. I have tried to do it, but whenever I have tried, it has not happened. The more I have tried, the more it was clear to me that it is not something I can manage. Slowly, slowly, I became aware that it happens when I don't try, when I am not even thinking of it, when I am not even there. Suddenly, I find it, it is there, it is happening, and by the time I'm back to figure out how it happened, it is no longer there, already gone, and I'm back on the floor. Now, this man knows happiness cannot be pursued. If Nijinsky had been on the panel writing the Constitution of America, he would have objected and said that. Pursuit is absolutely the wrong word. Simply say that happiness is everybody's birthright, not its pursuit. It is not like a hunter pursuing game. It is not like a hunter pursuing game. Then you will run your whole life chasing shadows and never arriving anywhere. Your whole life will pass by as sheer wastage. But the American mind has this idea, so in every sphere politics, business, religion, they are pursuing. The Americans are always on the e on the go and going fast because when you are going, then why not go fast? And don't ask where you are going because nobody knows. One thing is certain. They are going at full speed with, with as much speed as they can manage, maintain. <clears throat> with, with as much speed as they can maintain, all that they can manage. What more is indeed? What more is indeed? What more is needed? You're going, you're going at full speed. You're fulfilling your birthright. So people are passing from one woman to another woman, <clears throat> to another woman, to another woman, from one man to another man, to man to another man, from one business to another business, from one job to another job, all in the pursuit of happiness. And strangely, it always looks as if happiness is there. And somebody else is enjoying it. So you start pursuing it. When you reach where you think you are going to find it, it is not there. The grass beyond your self fence is always greener. 
but don't jump the fence to see whether it is actually so. Enjoy it. If it is greener on the other side of the fence, enjoy it. Why destroy things by jumping the fence and finding out that it is worse than your own grass? But people are running after everything, thinking that perhaps this will give, give them what they have been missing. Nothing will help. You can live in a palace, but you will be just as miserable, perhaps more than you were in an old hut. In the old hut, at least there was consolation that you were miserable because you were in an old rotten hut. There are no excuses you could have explained away your miseryness, your misery, your suffering. And there was also a hope that someday you would be able to manage a better house, if not a palace, then at least a good, beautiful, small house of your own. It is hope that is keeping people alive, and it is their excuses and explanations that keep them trying again and again. It has become the philosophy of America to try, try. And try again. But there are few things that are not achievable within the realm of trying, which happens, which happen only when you are completely finished with trying. You simply sit down and you say, Enough is enough. I am not going to try. That's how enlightenment happened to Gautama Buddha. That's how enlightenment happened to Gautama Buddha. He must have been the first American because he was in pursuit of happiness. Because of the pursuit, he dropped his kingdom. He is a pioneer in many things. He is the first dropout. You are happy. You are happy. Your hippies have not dropped much. To drop something, first you have to have it. He had it, and he had it more than any man ever had it. Buddha was surrounded by all the beautiful women from the kingdom, so no desire remained unfulfilled. He had the best of food, hundreds of servants, huge gardens. Buddha said, I'm renouncing it all. I have not found happiness here. I will seek it. I will pursue it. I will do everything that is needed to find happiness. And for six years, Buddha did everything that anybody can do. He went to all kinds of teachers, masters, scholars, wise men, sages, saints. And India is so full of these people. Who, that you need not seek and search. You simply move anywhere and you meet them. They are all over the place. If you don't seek them, they will seek you. And, and particularly in Buddha's time, it was really at a peak. But after six years, tremendous effort, Australia's Austerities, 
austerities, austerities, fasting, and yoga postures. Nothing happened, and one day, Niranjana is a small river, not very deep. Buddha was fasting and practicing austerities and nurturing himself in every way. And he had become so weak, so weak, that when he went for a bath in the Niranjana, 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 he he could not cross the river. The river was small, but he was so weak that only by holding on to a root of a tree, which was hanging by the side of the bank, could be managed to keep himself there. Otherwise, the river would take him away. While he was hanging on to the root, the idea occurred to him. These sages say that existence is like an ocean. If existence is an ocean, then whatever I am doing is not right. Because if I can't cross this poor river, Niranjana, how am I going to cross the ocean of existence? Whatever I have been doing, I have simply wasted my time, my life, my energy, my body. Somehow, he managed to come out of the river, and he dropped all efforts and sat under the tree. That evening, it was full moon night. For the first time in six years, he slept well. Because he, because there was nothing to do the next day, nowhere to go. No practice, no exercises, no exercise. The next day, there was no need even to get up in the early morning before sunrise. The next day, he could sleep as much as he wanted. For the first time, he felt a total freedom from all effort-seeking search pursuit. Of course, he slept in a tremendously relaxed way, and in the morning, he opened his eyes. The last star was disappearing. It is said, with the last star disappearing, Buddha disappeared too. The whole night's rest, peace, no future, no goal, nothing to be done. For the first time, he was not an American, lying down in no hurry even to get up. He simply saw that all those six years looked like a nightmare. But it was past. The star disappeared and Siddhartha disappeared. This was the experience of bliss or truth of transcendence of all that you have been seeking, but you have been missing because you have been seeking. 
Even Buddhas have not been able to understand the significance of this story. This is the most important story in Gudama Buddha's life. Nothing else is compatible. Nothing else is comparable to it. But you will be surprised. I'm not a Buddha. I'm not a Buddhist. I don't agree with Buddha on a thousand and one things. But I'm the first man in 25 centuries who has put emphasis on this story and made it the central focus because this is where Buddha's awakening happened. But Buddha persists, and monks cannot even tell this story. But Buddhist priests and monks cannot even tell this story. Because if they tell this story, what purpose do they have? What are they doing? <laughs> what are they teaching? What exercises? What prayers? Naturally, if you tell this story that it happened when Buddha stopped doing all kinds of religious nonsense, people will say, then, Why are you teaching us to do religious nonsense? Just to drop it someday. And if we have to drop it finally, why begin in the first place? It will be difficult to convince the priest their whole business and their whole profession will be destroyed. This also showers exactly like that. Truth also showers exactly like that. You just have to be sitting, doing nothing, waiting, not waiting for God, Godot, 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 just waiting, not for anything in particular, but simply waiting, in, in a state of waiting. And it happens. And because it happens, it is perfectly right to call it happiness. Hmm. That's it.